My friend. Mr. Barish. <laughs> you, sir. Mr. Bres Barish, how are you doing? Excellent. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine, boss. How's it going today? I get to drink. Uh, it's a Friday. I got no complaints. I got my black bottle also out here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cheers black bottle with you. How's that? <laughs> I was so we'll get into it. Um, uh, so everybody knows who who I am. Uh, so your fans at least know I'm Brett Barish. I own a bunch of brands. Uh, Bel Air, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, Vion, my past brands, Ace of Spades, Doucet. Uh, right. You got Bel Air Blue there, CDQ, love I, it. And I got the black bottle here too. You can fight anybody right now. <laughs> it's Friday, so. That's right. But I, I, I started this series, CDQ, a bunch of years ago um, called Self Made, where I get to talk to famous, famous, famous people in music, um, in entertainment, in business, in sports, uh, the likes of, you know, Post Malone. Hearing, I, get, I need motivation. I need energy. And the energy I get is from hearing people's up and coming part, the story part, how they got there, the crap that they went through. So... Tell me, what does self-made mean to you? Uh, talking about self-made, I'm a boy that actually came from nothing. Let me put it that way, from zero to hero, from the slum to, to downtown kind of boy. So talking about self-made, uh, I'm talking about when we're coming up, we didn't have the opportunities that some people actually have. We never had any, we never had any platform behind us to back us up. There was no financial support and everything. So we had to strive harder to get to where we are today. So we're talking about self-made. So that's what self-made means to me. And when you just, when you gave your answer, you said we. So who's we? Yeah, when I said we, I mean, CDQ represent a lot of the youth that's struggling out here in Nigeria. So I'm not talking about myself alone. I'm talking about all of us generally. Do you do you feel a sense, and this is jumping ahead, but do you feel a sense of responsibility since it is you representing everybody else? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know. I know I, I know. I play a lot of impacts. A lot of people out here talking about the masses generally. You know, I was, I, I mean, I was born with, with no silver spoon. So we had to strive harder to get to where we're at today. So I know I'll have a lot of followers that are actually looking up to me at CDQ that wants to be like CDQ. You know what I mean? So that's it. So when, when you were them, who were you looking up to? When I was them, I was looking up to a lot of people. You know, like when Rick Ross came to Nigeria, I told him, like, yo, Rick Ross, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was, in, I was in secondary school. Then when I got to the university, I started rapping. You actually impacted me a lot. Because when I listened to your song then, back then, me and Rick Ross with uh, the Cash Money Gang, with the uh, Young Money Gang, I mean, I'd be like, all your, all your lines that you speak, I actually put them into reality and see how actually I could, work, I could work with it. So that's what actually got me here today. Is, were there, was it mostly international people that you, that you were referencing back then? Or were, were, was there anybody even local for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, like, uh, talking about 
the ones, I mean, the local ones, definitely, by mu musically, we get inspired. I'm not going to lie about that. But I'll tell you, like, over average musicians in Nigeria actually look up to the international people. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's why, shout out to likes of Whiskey, David O, Butterboy. I mean, they actually pushed so hard. They fought the battle. Shout out to likes of The Bench, Two-Face, P-Square. They fought so hard to actually break that world between Nigeria, Africa, and the, in, and the international. I'm talking about the UK market and the American market. So that's it. It, what do you think, what does that fought mean? They fought so hard. Does, does, what, did, what do you think they did that's different? You know what I mean? Yeah, when I say they fought so hard, I mean, before they could get to that level they are today, before they could get to the level where I am today, there's a lot of things that actually involved. Talking about discipline-wise, talking about, I mean, uh, taking that, that bold step, you know, you could just go out and just go for a loan that you, you never even know how, you, how you're going to pay back or... Yeah. The future is bloody, you don't know what the future actually promise. So there's a lot of things actually involved in that. So that's it. so it's about it's about risk taking. Let me just put it that way. About taking the So so going back to school, when you said you started doing this in school, like when when did music take over and become the focus for you? Yeah, apparently when I was in university back then, talking about like time uh, 2010 to 11. I used to perform on the stage whenever they have an event on the campus, you know. But then I never knew I was going to become a musician or a rapper. I was just doing it for fun back then, you know, because my dad had always wanted to be an accountant. I mean, so I read economics at university, have a BS in economics. I came out with second class, sorry about that. <laughs> but I was, my dad wanted me to become first class student, but I came out with second class. So after my graduation, after the NYC, I got employed by the bank in Nigeria, FCMB. So I worked for like a week. Then I'd be like, yo, uh, there's nothing in life than you chasing your passion or you actually love the most. Sometimes it's not about the money. Sometimes it's not about what it looks like or how rosy, whatever it looks like out there. It's about what you actually love deep down your heart. So that's why I like quit my banking job for music. And shout out to my producer, Mastercraft, for actually guiding me through. We made sure, I mean, I didn't go astray. Let me just put it that way. So it, literally, it was one week of working, and you said, all right, I can't do this. Say, say that again? It was one week of working at the bank, and then you said, you know what, I'm done. One week. One week, yeah. What, what, like, what was, what was the inspiration? What was, why then? What, what, what happened to make you say, you know what, this isn't me. I got to go pursue this. Yeah, what happened is uh, maybe I'll say maybe it has to do with my, I mean, my sign, being a Taurus. So, you know, Taurus, we're like, go get it, you know what I mean? And we don't actually like being uh, uh, being forced to do what we don't want to do. If it doesn't go right with us, with our instincts, we don't do it. So that's it. So I'd be like, yo, no matter how much they want to pay me this banking thing, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a difficult time for me to even quit the job because then I lost my dad. May so rest in peace now. I lost my dad that period. Then my mom, that happens to be like the breadwinner. So there was this uh, government road construction in Lagos. They had to like break her shops that she was using to feed us back then, to send us to school back then. The government broke the shop down to so construct road on it. So all the family were dependent on me because I'm the primary genital of the family. I'm the fourth child in my family. So they're all dependent on me. So at that period, then I still had to like quit the job that was supposed to bring money in for me. You know what I mean? So because, so that's why I say uh, it has to do with my sign. Apparently, let me see. Because maybe I'm a Taurus. I don't know. But one thing about me is whatever I want to get, I'm a go-getter. I'll definitely get it. That's it. Were, were you, 
I mean, you're so young at the time. Were you nervous that you made the wrong decision? Or did you, did you not even, at that point, you're so young and thinking about it, you don't know any better. Yes, absolutely. Then I was so young, I mean, young and naive, and I was saved. Uh, then even the future was so blurry back then. I didn't know what would definitely become the outcome yet. But one thing I was sure about was, that, I mean, at least I was able to satisfy my dad's conscience. I mean, I finished my school. I didn't drop out. I finished my BSc. I have my BSc with me, associating kids. The music can doesn't work out. It didn't work out. Yeah, so that's it. So that's how it is. What was, what was the first big kind of success that you felt like, you know what, this is going to work? Yeah, um, apparently when I dropped my first single tied to uh, business, back then there was no money to even do promotion. I would work all the way to radio station. I'm talking about like, talking about like working from like Brooklyn to downtown, my, to Manhattan, sorry, just to get your CD played on the radio station. I would walk around. I would I try to make sure I become friends with the securities at the radio station gates. That's how I started from. Maybe because I am an economist, so I know what it is when you talk about human relationship or market marketing strategy. Yeah. So I used to rap in English back then. I know this is Nigeria. It's going to be very hard for you to get English fast easily. So I have to switch to my local dialect, which is Yoruba. So like they always say, charity begins at home. So I started gathering my fan base from the locals and everything. Then the, the noise started amplifying it out. Then everybody's saying, oh, there's one boy coming in the industry called CDQ, CDQ, CDQ. Then shout out to a man called Matthew Ohio. He's one that organized a program that's called Industry Nights in Nigeria here. It's like a rap battle thing. Yeah, so I went for the rap battle. So I became first and I won. So right, right from there, there was a lot of attention on me. Everybody wants to like, oh, CDQ, everybody wants to work with me and everything. So day after that, I did this song. We allowed me to title Indomie with Mastercraft. So that's the big break song I ever had. Don't you think it's wild when you think back? You had to go to the radio stations to go get your song played. Like that concept, that, that hunger, that doesn't seem real today, right? It doesn't seem real today because uh, maybe I'll say, uh, maybe because now we're now, we're now living in a digi digital world. Yep. So you can actually market yourself by yourself. I mean, by not relenting, you can put money on your, uh, on your product that you're putting online for promotion and everything. So maybe that's why it's, it's like that today. But, but, you know, you use your label as an example. No struggles, no success. The struggle back then is different than the struggle I, today. I know that. I know everything. <laughs> I know everything. But th 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 even that, even you're describing something that doesn't exist today. You know, like that idea of, you know what, being friends with the security guard just to get into the station, to get them to play a song. Absolutely. Like that, that doesn't exist. <laughs> Well, maybe because uh, I knew where I was coming from and I knew how so bad I wanted. I knew how so bad I wanted to get out from the hood, from the ghetto, to see the limelight so I could take care of my family. So then I would do anything to make sure, I mean, I penetrate the game. So I also, I mean, I knew I couldn't get to the big, I mean, the big dogs on the radio stations. So I know I had to like take it from the, from the low. So I started becoming friends with the security at the radio stations. The, the clerks, the receptionist, that's how I started from. And I'll be like, yo, please try and make sure this presenter, this OEP, get a CD played. I'm sure if they should play it, they'll fall in love with it. 
And for God so good, I mean, they got it, they heard it, everybody fell in love with me. So I actually became favorite among all the old medias in Nigeria. That's how. Do, do you remember the first time you heard your song on the radio? Yeah, that was uh, 2013. 2013. What, what was the song? KDK and Big Tech. The radio is called CTFM. So those are the guys that actually, because uh, as a then, because radio, radio station airplay was very, very difficult because if you don't have money, or you have a platform, or coming from a big record label out here in Nigeria. It's not no. going to happen. So that's it. So, but these people actually showed me love. Shout out to my own boy, Big Mo. Shout out to Banky W also. They showed me love out of nothing without expecting anything back in return. They showed me genuine love, and that's it. But, but all these people you mentioned, but putting aside show you love, they saw you, you had talent. They had to believe in you, correct? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, one of them, among the people I'm actually mentioning, happens to be uh, Banky W, he owns uh, EME. He was the one that actually carved my name out for me. It was like, yo, when I heard the song, it took me back to back in the days when you go to the market and buy a CD, and the music and the CD is good. They would say this CD is quality. So CDQ means CD quality. Is, is, um, so when, when I started my business and things were not going well, I, I had a mortgage on my house, I stopped paying. Because I put it in my business. Wow. I just kept forcing it. Now, I, I don't know if this is true on your side, but I read that you took your school money and put it into your record. I, you, I did that several times. I did that several times. So, back when I look back, I think of I was young or naive, but I just loved what I was doing. So to me, it just felt normal. Like I got to put everything in. Because I it. believe in this. Is it the same for you? Absolutely. For me, it's the same thing. To the extent that then, I mean, there was a time that I needed to record a song so bad. That song was hitting my head like I needed to record this song so bad. I never had any money on me. There was no liquid cash on me then. I was thinking about what, what can I do. I had to go to my wardrobe. The, the, the designer shoe that my dad bought for me as a birthday present. I asked to take it to the producer and I gave it to him. Like, Please take these shoes. Just produce for me. <laughs> but do, doesn't that give like to me that's the stuff that that inspire to me it inspires me it, it it would inspire you to be i i at least i know i've given it my all and i'm doing all i can because i like what i'm doing it's not about the money it's just i want to get i want to see if my idea works is that true exactly the passion actually described yeah so that's it that's 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 the thing. That's the main key. That's the key. It's not about the money in the beginning, also. Uh, so um, we have to we have to put everything to the extent. If I have like hundred hundred dollar, for example, I was ready to put ninety nine dollar on my music, and I'll probably manage one dollar to eat. So that's me. That's the kind of person I am. When things are bad, how do you handle it? When when someone says, "I don't like the song. I don't I don't want to sign you. I don't you know whatever it might be." How do you? How do you, what do you do with that information? Yeah, uh, apparently I've been through that line before. There was a time I even took my CD to someone to manage me. And she was like, yo, she's like, she was like a, one of the biggest managers out here in Nigeria. I don't want to call the name. So she heard, she heard a song in her car and she was like, yo, take your CD back. I said, what happened? She said, because your, your content, your material is local. I'm not sure we can make money off this that because I was doing the music in the local language. And I told her, like, yo, 
I might sound local. There's a reason behind that. I mean, I'm a graduate for God's sake. I mean, I was rapping in English before, but when I was when I was doing, when I was doing English rap, it wasn't working out for me, because then they have to compare your English rap against uh, uh, English rapper in America. You know, what I mean, just imagine comparing the local from Nigeria rapping in English. That's compares rap with someone like a Jay Z over there in America. Definitely, that's that's the culture in America. You know, you can't beat that easily. Yet. You can't. So I had to like think about it, like, yo, this is Nigeria. We have over 200 million population out here, and I'm gonna tell you for the fact that um, over average, still unskilled, they, they fall into unskilled, uh, unskilled markets that they don't actually know about this um, English thing. When you drop punchline in English, over average, your population falls to that category. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, why can't I just tap into that market? Yeah. So that's that's. Do, do, do you think about her? in the sense of for i want to crush people like that when someone tells me no when someone says it's not going to work when someone says i don't want to work you know do anything i want to crush them i want to show them i want to prove them wrong i want to tell them afterwards they were wrong do, do you do you have I, that fight when i get negative comments or negative backlashes and everything i rather instead of if, instead of that to, to break me down i rather put into motivation yeah yeah Next thing I'll do is to come and produce a mastercraft. Are you a studio? I'm coming to the studio right now. Then I'll put whatever happens to me that day, I'll put in the lyrics. So the next man that's into my category can actually feel it deep down their, their bone marrow, like, yo, this guy actually is talking the real thing. And they become my core friends. And that's what's been my sustainability since the beginning of my career till now. So 2 million plus people follow you on Instagram. What do they all have in common? What do they all have in common? I'll tell you, like, uh, at least... I have about over 2.5 million followers, and I'll tell you that over 2 million followers out there on my Instagram that follows me, they followed me from when I was coming up, you get. So those are people that, that can actually relate with where, with, uh, with, um, relate where I came from and where I'm, where, where I'm going to, you get. They actually know the pain for you to be able to like come out from the ghetto and become a superstar where you are today. So that's it. It, it, uh, is it still meaningful today when someone recognizes you, when someone knows who you are, when someone, you know, that is that feeling still special? Yeah, uh, to me, uh, from the from the beginning, when I when the stardom came from the beginning, I've always like learned to be myself. I mean, from the beginning, I always want to go to the market myself to buy stuff to cook for myself. That's why the fact that I have people that are actually working for me. But I want to go to the market and buy things for myself to cook for myself, to go to the salon. Not every time I say I tell uh, uh, a barber to come to my house and buy my hair. Sometimes I'll, I'll just drive my little sports car. I go to the salon, play with everybody over there. So I didn't let that same thing get into my head. Sometimes people be like, "Yo, yeah, you for, you forgotten like you're, you're a celebrity," and I'd be like, "Yo, that is my job. When I'm on the stage, I'm a celebrity. But when I'm off the stage, I'm myself. So that's it." Would you do anything different? Different, like, uh, like in Just what sense? How you got here? How you got here? How I got here? Yeah. Would you do anything different? Would you look back? Would you change anything? Well, if I could change anything, maybe maybe I'll probably uh, bring my daddy back. Yeah. And your dad, your son, finally did it. <laughs> when would he have been proud of you? At what moment? Yeah, I think um, the moment I finished my university, that I was able to come out with my certificate, 
and at least I, I, I came out with two, two. I mean, not like, I mean, because then it wasn't easy combining music and um, classes together. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to go for a show and you have class next morning. The show is overnight. We have exams the next morning. I'll be, by the, I'll be at the backstage in my textbook reading for the exams I'm going to do the next morning. Next you there? Yeah, I'm here. You there? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry here. about that. Yeah. Q, who give me who three people that have been in your corner day one. Shout outs to three people that have been there. Yeah, shout out to Mastercraft. He's my day one. I mean he's been there before I even became before I even knew or uh, should I say, when, since when the vision was blurry, when myself don't even know where I'm going, he was there for me. Shout out to Mastercraft always. Then I'll say shout out to uh, my guy called Adeola, the general record. He was the one that actually signed me when all the whole managers in Nigeria was actually being like, yo, your content is too local. We can't sell this and everything. But he was the one actually that could risk his money on me. I mean, his resources on me. Yeah. Then I'll say shout out to Banky W. He actually gave me the, the courage because then he just came from America. Then he's like all the old, all fresh things, swag and everything he gets. So he had a whiskey on his, uh, on his label. He has scales on his label. He had shady on his label. But yet, only me being um, the indigenous rapper, he still, I mean, he still, still fuck with me, still mess with me then. Like, yo, guy, I believe you. Forget about whatever anybody says. But this is your local language, local content. Trust me. You're gonna go international with this because music is a universal language. Yeah. You don't matter what language you use to deliver on it, provided you can relate to what you're saying. Maybe it's either maybe like the vibe or the reading. No, I mean so that's it. What do you think Mastercraft saw in you? Uh, Mastercraft actually. Um, I have. I mean, I've known about him right from when he was uh, under Kenny's music. So. I have ear for production. When I listen to beats, I know a beat that will become a hit. Yeah. So I, I heard some Mastercraft production. Ever since then, I become, I mean, I became his fan, but he never knew me then. So after my service, I had to go to the market to buy some clothes. Then, I mean, I couldn't afford much. I had to buy some clothes, materials, and I took a flower and card. I took it to his studio. And I said, bro, I just appreciate what you do. I'm a big fan of yours. This is this is my gift to you. Then I brought my demo, my demo CD, and I gave it to him. Like, please have this CD. Listen to it when I'm gone. If you like it, let me know. <laughs> then I dropped my number. <laughs> really? That's <laughs> that's amazing. Is is um. When people ask, and they ask you all the time about indigenous music, English music, Nigerian music, do you just want to say enough already? I'm not going to, it's just music. It's just music. Is it annoying to try to always be defining what you're singing and who you're targeting? Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Because the thing is, um, I actually, I, I made a lot of reference to um, legends like Fela and Nicola Kukuti. Fella actually, his lyrics actually, they are indigenous. Yeah, but when you listen to his music, you could actually feel it. Someone like Angelique Kijo that wins Grammys like back to back. I mean, most of our music, they were all indigenous. 
Yep. You hear me? So, so that's when I believe, like, yo, I know, like, yo, I'm not, I'm not on the wrong track. I know I'm, a, I mean, I'm on the right track. So you might actually understand this now, but when the time comes, you will understand it. So as time goes on, I started getting called, like, yo, this, this, that, that. Even the ones doing the English rap thing, they, they, they needed that. They needed CDG to be on that, on their, on their jam, just to be able to get that fan base attention and everything. So that's it. When when uh, when you met Ross, did 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 that mean anything to you? Sorry about can you, that. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, can you hear when you? you met Ross, when you met Ross, did it mean anything considering you know you you looked up to someone like him? Yeah, I mean, I had to when I met Ross. Actually, Ross actually surprised me. Like, uh, when I was in school then, even my friends in school, had to, my friends that went to school together had to call me like, yo, you know Ross was coming to Nigeria, he couldn't tell us, so we could pull up. And you know how much we love Ross back then. Like, in our car, we always blast on Ross and everything. So, and I was like, yo, I, I didn't even expect it. I didn't expect the invitation you get. So, I got there. I mean, I had, I had yo, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like, I mean, I had the... The, the, I mean, I was overwhelmed. I mean, like, this is Rick Ross that we listen to. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting fired from what he says, you know what I mean? So then the man actually even tapped me on my shoulder, like, yo, tapped me to greet me. And I was like, yo, like, seriously? This is Rick Ross actually touched me to say what's up. Um, and I know, I know he was thoroughly disappointed about uh, the concert in Abuja and having, having you on stage. So that was the plan. But something good will happen in the future, I promise. Yeah, I, I I feel maybe because um, due to like maybe there was a delay in the flight. There was a, yeah, there was a huge delay but, in the flight. Some people actually was thinking he was going to be around for the meet and greet. Maybe the moment they didn't see him there, they probably thought maybe he wasn't coming no more. That was what happened actually. Oh no, it, just the flights. The flights getting from Angola. But yeah. we, you know, I, I'm pushing real hard, and Ross is 100% supporting, um, trying to do something big between. Uh, in Africa with African artists and, and aligning with U.S. and U.S. artists, the same way you think about it, the same way you look up to or saw, you know, international artists. Um, he wants to do, we want to do so much more in the market to try to work the two together. So that's something that's it's on our radar to make happen in a big way. Trust me, there's a very big market for that. There's a very big market for that. I'm talking about before any artist in the whole of Africa can actually trend anywhere around the world yep it has to be, it has to be nigerian backing you get me yep because nigerian fans they are so energetic they are so devoting they are so they are so passionate about whatever whoever they actually mess with so that's it. so trust me that's 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 a very good idea trust me absolutely i can, I can guarantee you that What's next for you? Are uh, are you going on tour? I know you launched. Uh, I I know your album came out in October. What's next? Yeah, my album came out. Yeah, came out on November twenty second. What's next for me right now? Uh, I'm starting my US tour um, by June of this year. So I think I have about ten cities already unlocked. So so we'll probably be bringing out in more cities, dates, and everything after my US tour. I'll, I'll be doing my Europe tour. Then also I'm working on my second album also. So that's it. I'd love to see you in the U.S. I'd love for you to come by our our, our studio in uh, in Atlanta if you're in Atlanta, in New York if you're in New York, oh, and, and check us out. 
experience. I'm always in Atlanta. I mean, I have an apartment in Buckhead, Siam Building. Come on, you do not, do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, so you got to come and visit Promised Land and see Rick's house. Absolutely. When I'm coming, I'm going to eat you up for sure. As Ross would say, too easy. Um, I, I love talking to you. Uh, you've got a great story. Um, you know, hearing you tell stories about, you know, putting everything into what you do, it, not because it's the money, but because you want to see that song or that tape or that idea play out. I feel that. I mean, that's 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 all I live for now. Uh, it's always what I've lived for. Um, once I realized it's not going to happen quick, but I'll get there eventually. Mentality. Absolutely, we're actually looking. We're looking forward to you. I mean, I understand the nature of human being. We are insatiable by nature. We always want more and more and more. Definitely. But I mean, well, one thing about me is whenever I wake up, I give thanks to God. I give thank you for where I am today because where I am today. It's not where I was yesterday. Yep. And I bless your name again for where you're taking me to tomorrow. So that's it. So definitely. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you taking the time for me. Anything I could possibly do, my team, um, my team in, in Nigeria, my Africa team, uh, our team globally, anything we could possibly do, please ask. I look forward to seeing you in the U.S. Uh -huh. uh, and we'll share a drink together in person, all right? Thank you very much, boss. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Everybody, thank you. CDQ, thank you. Thank you, Nigeria. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Take Have a great weekend. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking to you, sir. <laughs>